0: Welcome to the Opposable Thumbs podcast. Opposable Thumbs is a podcast where Taylor and Rob tackle a new creative challenge every two weeks and talk about our accomplishments, failures, and lessons learned. Arturo Romo is our guest this week. Greetings, Arturo.
1: Hi, how are you all?
0: Doing good. Yeah, we're good. We're excited to have you on. My name is Rob Ray. I use the he, his gender pronoun. I run the exoskeleton art space in Los Angeles, and I'm also an experienced director at an interactive agency here in Los Angeles.
2: And I'm Taylor Hokinson, based out of Chicago. I'm an artist, a DIY engineer, noted tall person, and I like the he, his pronouns.
1: And um, I'm Arturo. I go by he, his, and I'm an artist, and educator from Los Angeles. I mostly draw. Um, I also write and take photographs. And uh, most of my work is collaborative, um, although I do have a, a personal individual studio practice. Um, for the past 10 years or so, it's been a little, um, strange to talk about projects for me because I mostly work outside of the context of the art world and the art market. Um, I distribute a lot of my work through zines and postcards and as gifts. And I'm also a public school teacher. I teach uh, visual arts and media at the LA River School and that's in Northeast Los Angeles. And I'm part of, uh. Part of the United Teachers Los Angeles Union.
2: See, I I love this uh, for many reasons, but one of them I remember having a conversation with a friend of mine, and she accidentally said, "Well, you know, any, anybody who is truly going to make it in the art world has since moved away from Chicago to L.A. or New York," without realizing that she was talking to me, who had not moved away. <laughs> 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 but 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 I do I do so enjoy talking to other people where it turns out that not every single human in Los Angeles or New York is part of this, um, you know, grind of a system where you make it, where, you you know, you do it correctly, right? Right.
3: Right.
2: That's true. Totally. Yeah.
0: And it's most people. I mean, I think that was the thing that kind of... There's many things that are maybe off-putting about Los Angeles to someone from afar, but um, Mm -hmm. when you get here, you kind of realize, like, oh, it's actually way more complicated and interesting than you think it is, you know, like, like sure. there's like a very expensive marketing arm of Los Angeles <laughs> uh, that that functions one way, but then the rest of the city just does its thing.
1: Yeah, boosterism for L.A. has been continuous since the since it was uh, taken from Mexico. I think That's the right. boosterism has kind of kind of uh, never stopped since then. And
3: part of that boosterism
1: <laughs> has been uh, has been to flatten it in a certain way. Yeah.
2: Sure, make it make it simple and palatable.
1: How long have you lived in LA, Arturo? Oh, uh, five generations.
2: Wow.
4: Wow.
2: <laughs> wow. That's awesome.
1: Uh. <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs>
2: I I feel I feel like as a white person I should instantly be ready to talk about which of my ancestors uh, landed on Plymouth Rock. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I think that was a, a podcast or two ago. Yeah, you all were talking uh-huh, about right. That. Yes.
2: <laughs> as it as it turns out, Rob and I we did our two hours on whiteness, and now we wash our hands. We'll never have to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The work is done. <laughs> Cle- clearly, an ongoing yep. process. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I was
0: just curious, did, um, Arturo, did you did you grow up um, near where you live today, or did you grow up in another part of uh, Southern California, or LA? Uh,
1: no, I grew up in Highland Park, so pretty okay, close cool. to the neighborhood I live in now, which is Lincoln Heights.
0: Rad. Wow. That's cool. Yeah. I, I knew you were an, uh, a long-timer, but I didn't know it was that long. That's cool.
1: Yeah. my mom's side, it's actually Southern California. On my mom's side, we go back five generations, and uh, that's actually between Pasadena um and and um, Wilmington and San Pedro and Long Beach.
2: Oh yeah, cool. Yeah. So so would that be? Is the general idea that a generation is about thirty years, or like how far back does that put your folks in Mexico or in California, rather?
1: Um. Let's see. Like 120,
2: 150 years or
1: something. Mm, yeah, it's it's about that actually. Yeah.
2: Wow. Uh, cool.
4: Wow. Yeah,
1: I mean the fifth gen- the the fifth generation ancestor was an Im- was an immigrant to California to this area mm-hmm. and then her mm-hmm. her son was also so he was already he was already a child when they came. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, and at that, at that point the I mean even up until very recently the border wasn't militarized. So there was a lot of it was porous. So there's a lot of people who, mm-hmm. who just lived lives that were that were back and forth.
0: It's I I saw. Um, speaking of the border, I saw a visual artwork. Shoot, I'll, I'll have to look it up and post it in show notes. But it was um, a a video artist's work that was from I think the seventies, and it was uh, one of the border locations, and it was. It was just like it looked like just if you just like hopped out of your car on the freeway and like started recording like it was cars went back and forth that quickly you know Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I think it was into Tijuana and you know sort of San Diego like that 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 border crossing and it was like I mean it literally was like the freeway it was just like I was like whoa man like (laughs) now you wait like two you could easily wait two hours like like easily to just in your car with a car running like with you know it's horrible but yeah I was yeah, I was security shocked.
2: theater man yeah totally
0: you you are an art teacher in Los Angeles um and I have seen I have been to your school once cuz I think I was dropping off something for Jen who was visiting your one of your classes and um it was really cool and I was curious if you could just talk a little bit about how the school is structured. It's like mini schools kind of packed into one. Am I am I remembering that correctly?
1: Yeah, that's right. It, it's uh the campus is called Sonia Sotomayor. And um and it's actually it's actually a uh a series of it's a it's a larger campus that has five schools in it. Uh the unique thing about the campus is that um or one of the unique things about it is that it, we're co-located with charter schools, so these are public charter schools, but that's um that's not usually the case with with l a u s d public schools yeah but there but but there was a whole trend um maybe about ten years ago to to open smaller schools up um because the data and studies and anecdotal evidence showed that that humans just like to be around smaller communities, right? (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) That that we exist better in in smaller communities where more people know us than, you know, going to a school with 4,000 or 6,000 students and three tracks and, you know, those those created a lot of dysfunction just because of the structure of them. So, yeah, so it's a, when you put all the numbers together, it it works out to be like one big high school, but... um, but we're made up of uh five smaller schools that range between you know three three fifty and four hundred students. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, and it's great. It's 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 it was actually part of another another uh response to to population growth and um and the fact that schools were totally overcrowded and and um kind of inhumane places because of that overcrowding, mm-hmm. so they built a bunch of new schools and and that eased the overcrowding so and as a result, I get to work at a brand new school. I think maybe you saw it rob with uh we have we have built in projectors and built in speakers where when I first started teaching, if you wanted to show a video, you would have to like sign it sign up uh for a a TV that was on wheels, and then you would wheel it over, and right. nobody could hear it because the volume didn't go up high enough, and it was just a mess. But, but now everything's kind of built into it. So,
0: yeah, I, I mean, I I will say that I feel like, um, my sense of what public schools was like is kind of largely shaped by the wire, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know. And oh, did did you did you go to private school, around? No, I didn't. But but like of like, I just assumed it was. You just hear like, oh, it's so much. W- it's so bad, or whatever, and I'm sure certainly in mm-hmm. places it is don't I'm not discrediting that, but like you just think like, oh, this month these must just be like little meat factories, you know
2: <laughs> you know at this
0: point, um uh, but I was you know, like your students were super engaged, and like they were they were i don't know like it was really impressive and cool, and it wasn't like fancy, but it was certainly like nice, and it was cool that like your room was set up. It was a really creative place, you know. It wasn't like, um, like at my public school, we had a lot of these things called portables, which was a like a double wide trailer right. that had yes. like you know high traffic <laughs> flooring in it and stuff. And and
2: Florida in the house, totally, yeah, yep, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it was,
0: it was, I don't know, it was cool. Like there was a a kind of neat vibe, and I, that's probably your your work in action. But um, I was, just, it was pretty neat, and and the students were seemed really interesting. So how how did you? become an arts educator.
1: Uh well I've always taught. I I've, I've always probably I mean even since I was a child I was making art. My parents are both artists. Uh-huh. So my father um hasn't painted in many years, but when when I was growing up he was he was a steady painter and he he made ceramics. Um and uh, my mom still is an artist today. She's a woodworker, um, and she's uh, she makes clothes and, and curtains. She works with fabric. Oh, that's um, cool. And she's also a master planner and organizer, and uh, she's the type of person, if she needs a box a certain size for a certain object, she's going to make it.
4: Oh,
0: Taylor, we have to get Arturo's mom on the show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah, that's, that sounds great. Aunt. Do you think she'd uh, be be interested in such a thing.
1: I can ask her? Yeah.
2: <laughs> oh my gosh. Wait, wait, wait. Wait is she right there? No,
4: no, she's yeah. not right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Come on over here. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: that would be Excellent. rad. Yeah, okay. Sorry. Um
1: Yeah, so I I I grew up around art, so I was always, you know, I grew up around art. I was um I was taken to self-help graphics as a kid. Um, I got to know uh, Chicano artists in the community really early, even before I really knew knew what art was or what being an artist meant, but at the same time, I had a parallel track of always tutoring, starting probably in high school and then definitely into college being a tutor for younger younger people
4: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, and I knew that I knew that i didn't Necessarily want to be the type of artist who, who hustled, who was part of the hustle to get in, to make a living, to sustain a life, in the gallery system. Mm-hmm. And uh, so teaching was always there for me. And uh, actually, af- after meeting Seshu, um, who's also a teacher, he's a teacher at Bravo, Medical Magnet.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: After I met Seshu, he he provided me a model, along with a few other people who were producing artists, who were artists who were who are producing really interesting work and dynamic work, and had a you know like a living practice, and who were also public school teachers, and um, and it made sense to me. It made sense to me. I'm I'm not some. I think some people and some artists thrive off of thr- the thrill of instability, and and uh-huh. I find it really hard to work when I'm when I'm not stable and so it just made sense to my life to continue teaching and and uh and making art at the same time
4: yeah
2: yeah yeah there is kind of a romanticism about being irresponsible in art making like taking risks that would expose yourself or your family (laughs) Mm -hmm. and uh yeah i mean i think there's a lot of pressure not to make those calm and cautious decisions because that's not really associated with creativity right
4: right
3: yeah but
2: but it is a very creative thing to try and you know live a life that is is stable and make work that is exciting at the same time i don't know
1: yeah yeah i think it's true i mean a lot of art is about is about building and it is it becomes really hard after a certain point in your life to (laughs) to continue to continue uh making work about being precarious you know
2: yeah. Yeah, I I went I went to school with this guy uh Mike Williams or, or Big Mike as we all called him and um he I remember so well that he made somebody cry during a critique. You know, usually it's the other way around, right? Uh-huh. You critique someone else's work and they cry. Mm-hmm. But he made a critiquer cry because he had his his studio was arranged in this really messy fashion. But if you examined it really carefully it would say you know fuck you and so forth kind of written as you would examine different surfaces and one of the one of the students started to cry and she said you know you're the truest artist i've ever met so far like i if anyone's gonna make it in this field you will and i just feel so rejected by you that you're pushing away on us oh wow (laughs) and i and i think the last time i heard about that guy i haven't talked to him in years but he was um Touring with a rat... he he made like an art rap group that was touring Japan, singing songs about werewolves, and he broke his arm doing a stage dive or something like that. But, <laughs> but, but I feel like, like that dude, yeah, he could he could totally live in that space permanently, and that would just I would find it so exhausting after like fifteen minutes.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right, right.
0: Oh. <laughs> Ar- Archer, I so I I also. Um, as you mentioned, I know a lot of your work as a collaborative practice, and I and I know of quite a few projects you've done with Seshu Foster, who you mentioned, and also Sandra Deolos. And I was just curious what you're up to right now, if you're collaborating with folks, or if you have other things that you're doing solo, or or what's shaking. What
1: um. Well, I I have an ongoing collaboration with with Seshu. Um, Seshu wrote Seshu wrote a book called City Terrace Field Manual. That was about partly about his experience growing up in City Terrace, but also, I mean, to limit it to describing it as a memoir doesn't really do it justice. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's how I first started knowing his writing, um, and I, I actually met Sesshu through his daughter Marina, who's who's my age, and we played soccer together. Uh, when we were kids, and um, I always knew somehow he was a writer but um, but i didn't i didn't know what he wrote until I read City Terrace Field Manual when I was in college, and I started sending him drawings um, and this was kind of like through mail and uh and then he he sent me back some poems that were titled the same title I had given the drawings and when I got those poems back. I felt I just couldn't produce a drawing that was better than the poem or or match mm. the poem and it took me <laughs> yeah it took me about half a year maybe to finally get get it to where I I wasn't embarrassed to send him the drawing back a new drawing back and uh that's how we that's how I remember us starting to work together so it's an it's been an ongoing collaboration and uh we've done work that's um that ranges I mean we've done performances called The Recent Rupture Radio Hour, which is kind of a talk show, like a fake radio talk show in front of a a live audience. Um, Most of our practice is actually driving and walking around East Los Angeles and Northeast LA and uh, looking at things and seeing things and discussing history. Um, And some of those walks have been folded into collaborative videos that he and I have made um, that are like silent films with subtitles. Um, we've done, um, we've worked on written pieces together that are published online, but I think our biggest project, our biggest project is, uh, is a book called the East Los Angeles Dirigible Transit Lines, which is a, which is a, a novel that I contribute photos and drawings to and some writing and Seshu uh, that Seshu wrote, uh, he wrote most of it. And it's about um a fictitious dirigible uh dirigible uh transit company that keeps getting resurrected um every few generations after it gets lost in, in the dustbins of history.
2: So is this related to the, the image that I see when researching you where it looks like an enormous patty pan squash?
1: Yeah.
2: Am, I, am I right about that?
1: Yeah, that's, that's it. So uh, we, have, we have different ob- obsessions that, com- that, that come out through conversation. I mean, a lot of our conversation and collaboration does have a lot to do, honestly, with, with jokes, like just laughing a lot together and, and riffing, kind of verbal riffing back and forth uh and that's where we have a whole ongoing riff of uh vegetables that are humans and and uh and human-like vegetables and vegetable-like humans uh and so one of the technologies that the dirigible company this fictitious dirigible company came up with was solar powered- dir- solar powered dirigibles that were grown on rooftop gardens. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's the squash.
0: Should we uh should we dive into projects?
2: For sure, Rob. You're uh you're gonna go out on a limb today and go first, and then Arturo, as is custom, why don't you go second? And then I'll just be I'll just take a nap. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Sounds good.
0: <laughs> so Aaron has given us the challenge of keys of understanding. Uh-huh. And I I wrestled with this one quite a bit but i have
2: something <clears throat> that is cool how, how many days ago did you get started in earnest once your wrestling was over
0: uh well i started super wrestling last
2: thursday
0: <laughs> so that's about a week ago
2: um, yeah once the one, once the one week mark takes down it starts getting a little panicked I've yes <laughs> yeah
0: yeah, I mean, Archer. I'm curious, and, and maybe we can talk about this when when we when we see your work. But I think for Taylor and I, you know, we this is our twelfth time doing this, and we're used to having you know roughly two weeks to work on stuff. And you know, you spend that first little while just being like,
4: hmm, hmm, hmm,
0: you know, and then <laughs> Taylor and I have gotten to this place where it's like we don't speak to one another about this we talked to one another about like various podcast things but not what we're working on and um but we both have sort of i think we both now know like about a weekend you start to get that like feeling of like oh oh god what am i going to do because you just know like well if i have to order something or something it could take a few days or i have to you know (laughs) do something and let it cure overnight like i have to like do all this stuff and um this is actually a project that this doesn't normally happen to me, but I debated back and forth between two projects for too long, and that was the thing that made it made it tough for me. Um, mm-hmm. My problem is I have
2: too many ideas. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I have too many not good enough ideas. Okay, let's see. Uh, here comes...
1: Okay, so it looks like um, what I'm looking at is a booklet, Uh, it's black and white, like a black and white laser printed booklet, Uh, looks like letter-sized paper folded in half, Um, and it has multiple pages. Um, I'm going to start in the the last photo I see, which is, uh, it looks like instructions for for bicycling in the city, so there's a on the left-hand side of the of the paper. There's there's a immediate foreground of a a dashboard of a car, kind of very icon-like and abstracted. Uh, and then uh, we're looking through the windshield of the car, kind of from the driver's perspective. And then there's a road disappearing into um, linear perspective towards a, a series of skyscrapers. Uh, in the distance and in between the city that's in the distance and, and the driver's dashboard is a one, two, three, four, four bicyclists. And it looks like they're using gestures like turning signals.
2: Yeah. One of the things that I'm noticing is that, so I didn't realize that they were two acceptable terms for turning Right. Uh something when it went on a bike right i mean i I suppose there's the one that you're supposed to do which only the fancy folks do and then there's the one that everybody actually does which is just pointing to the right (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah and and first of all man arturo really uh really i mean talk about somebody who's practiced their formal analysis dude (laughs) yeah he nailed it (laughs) that's a very clear picture Art teacher, like, in the house. yeah. <laughs>
1: oh, yeah, that's, <laughs> yep. that's right. I've got practice yep. in this.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, I mean, there's definitely, it's a graphical language, and on mm-hmm. certain pages, I'm reminded of the kind of, so, you know, you could call them icons. There's, It's that sort of thing where something is really stripped down and just presented in black and white in as simple uh, lines as possible. Some are more evocative than others. So, for example, there's a little badge that looks like a spray paint can, and there's one that looks like binoculars. There's also one that looks like two people having missionary sex, um, and so, or or, per, or perhaps uh money being um, burned. And so, I'm I'm particularly attracted to the ones that, yeah, you know, this kind of iconogra- iconographic language, I think usually is intended to simplify something. So I'm. Really interested in the ones that uh, leave me with more questions than the answers.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm liking I'm liking the the fact that an icon is supposed to be so clear and instantly recognizable, mm-hmm. but there are some that just create ambiguity. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a multi-tool. I think if you're a bicyclist, you know some of these a little better. Like
2: yes, one on certainly bicyclist oriented. Yeah.
1: yeah, there's one on the upper right that um oh it's it's on the right hand page on the upper right oh yeah and it, i'm oh, guessing exactly. that's a inner tube but i'm not mm-hmm. sure
0: it is yep
1: and i think that might be hard for people who don't know what an inner tube looks like when it's wrapped
2: it's true <laughs> but what's the little uh lingam or whatever that thing is sticking out of the top and, is that the is that where the air is added? Because the the proportions are confusing to me.
1: Yeah, it looks like a Presta valve. It totally is. Yep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the first page has kind of an a night a nightscape with a skyline and a bike up in the skyline, which is lacking wheels. Yeah. Which I haven't. Have you got an answer for that, or should we just keep moving?
1: Well, it kind of reminds me a little bit of. A ghost bike
2: mm, yeah, uh, for those who don't know it, would you describe what those are?
1: Uh, my understanding is that a a ghost bike is uh an old bike that's painted painted all white and and mm-hmm. tied to tied to a tree or to uh to any any like a pole or uh, any, anything that can it, it can be tied to that serves as a marker for a place where a bicyclist was killed.
2: Yeah, there's been a whole rash of those in Chicago Mm. lately, Um, I'm sure in L.A. too. So if we look at the second page, we have a number of items, some of which are accompanied by check marks, and some of which where the check marks are conspicuously absent. So the present items would be helmets and locks and so forth, but absent are sunglasses, apples, almonds, and money.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we see a diagram from above um, with uh, the flow of traffic both for cars and for bikes and some X's. And Arturo, what do you think the X's signify in this image?
1: Let's see. You know, it's, it's a little hard for me to... See, I mean, there's some that look like they're just danger points like uh if you're riding Mm -hmm. on the right side of the road and you're riding close to a parked car that parked car might open its door and you you get hit Mm -hmm. by the opening door it might be that you're some of them seem to refer to blind spots or points where where a bicyclist is in danger but -hmm. then there's one in an empty parking spot and maybe i'm just not that
2: yeah that that one
1: stumps me too maybe i'm not that well-versed in bicycle safety. <laughs> Maybe that's a danger that I don't, I don't know about. <laughs> uh,
2: well, given that I've never seen Rob wear a helmet ever, <sighs> I, I don't know how well-versed he is. <laughs> mm.
1: or he's very well-versed. <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. I mean, he's still here. Yeah. That's got to count for something. Uh Yeah. And then at the end, we have a long, uh, I guess there's two more pages, uh, a long list of definitions for the icons. But then the, um, Arturo, do you recognize, I mean, it looks in some cases that there's French appended to the end of a, uh, like the skanking sky, <laughs> cyclist.
1: Uh-huh. Um, maybe these are, these are credits for the icons.
2: Mm-hmm. Indeed, they are.
1: Yeah, which is why they are so different. I mean, yeah, the more you look at them, like like you were saying, Taylor, the more you look at them, you start to see like these stylistic or like je- even gestural variations. Like some have way more movement than the others. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're just different approaches to icons.
2: So I'm going to go out on a limb and suggest that in some cases there are individuals that we're crediting with an icon's uh, authorship. And then in other cases it might be agency names. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, that is so like an experienced director, man.
4: Uh.
0: <laughs> it's kind of, I'm just here to synthesize
2: the,
4: all the other practices.
2: <laughs> yep. I I find the last card to be one of the most pleasing images where the um instead of before where we got that sort of field painting with quasi, you know, kind of chaotic placement, now the um, uh, the bicycle figure is repeated in a grid-like fashion where the head occupies the same spot as the spoke of the front wheel of the bicycle mm-hmm. and the back wheel, I suppose. Mm-hmm. So you get this really nice pattern which you don't have to squint at it too hard for it just to blow out to a total abstraction, but it's also really easy to let it snap back into its origin, you know, it's originating forms. That's pretty, pretty great. Yeah. Thanks.
0: Thanks guys. I mean, that's, that is a super, uh, it's a perfect description of what this is. So, so, um, I'll give you a little bit of, uh, the why I guess. So it's a, it's a zine. Uh, it's, um, Arturo nailed it. It's like a you know a half letter folded uh zine. Um and this scene originally had text in it um that was going to be both um Spanish and English. And I had a moment uh where I decided like I'm gonna see if I can get away with no, no words and let the keys of understanding be just icons or just images. Mm-hmm. Um and this scene is I've always wanted to do this project in in one form or another, but it's had a sort of general concept in my head, which was to create a, 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 a zine that has a little attachment method, like a hanger or something, which I still haven't figured out, but that, that I could give to other people who ride a bike in Los Angeles. Um, and, and what, it, and, and in like, in a way of like, Oh, I see, here's a bike lock to a post. I'm I'm going to, attach a zine to their bike. So I don't really see them face right. to face necessarily, but they get this sort of little thing that I've made for people who ride bikes in LA. And it's sort of meant to celebrate and maybe, maybe educate or create understanding around becoming an urban cyclist. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so the, the original title of the zine, which is no longer on the zine itself is called um, uh, city by bicycle. And uh, it it is also funny about this, as, as happens in crits also, is every time you make a, a design decision or creative decision, you think to yourself, like, oh, someone might interpret it this way. Chances are, it's almost a 100% chance that, yes, someone is going to interpret it that way. You know, it's <laughs> like whenever you have a doubt about, like, should I do that? I don't know. And so originally the bike was black on the... um on the front page of the zine. But the background is, it's meant to be a night sky and the background is quite dark. And on my printer, the the bike would wash out because I don't have that nice of a printer. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. so I'm like, I'm going to flip the bike white. And then I printed it out and I was like, oh shoot, it kind of looks like a ghost bike. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Yep. and our Arturo, Arturo totally
0: nailed it he's like I think it's a ghost bike <laughs> and I was like you know so you're just like oh there it is like I knew someone was going to think that and it does look like a ghost bike and here it is but I was kind of okay with it but you know it is always a little bit painful to hear you're like oh shoot like like I should have made it like light gray or something right but
2: we were just confirming what you already knew totally yep service. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I wanted to I feel like
0: Every graphic design thing about bicycles focuses on the wheels, you know, like the the motion of the wheels or the text follows the curvature of the wheel. I mean, the wheel is just a, it's a spoked wheel. It's a super interesting visual object, you know. Uh, and so I was like, I want to make something the cover of the zine not have wheels on it because I just thought, like, how do I sort of get away from this kind of trope right about um, designing graphics designing around a bicycle and so i decided to make the wheels instead buildings in the sky um on the la skyline and so that's why the bike is sort of attached to those two Mm -hmm. buildings um the second page is a checklist of just like stuff that you the checked boxes were meant to sort of imply like this is kind of required where the unchecked boxes were kind of meant to to imply optional Mm -hmm. um which is why sunglasses apples almonds and uh pocket change are unchecked but things like a helmet uh and a and a spare tire are checked, but
2: but but do you wear a helmet now? I do, yeah, 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 I yeah. do. Nice, yeah. All
0: yeah. right, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've redeemed myself. <clears throat> you did in Chicago. I survived with no helmet and no lights. I was like, what? Wow. Co- I, yeah, yeah. Wow. To be young and dumb.
2: <laughs> I I remember one time biking with you, and you're like. Dude, run the stop signs already. <laughs> yeah, I have I have, I'm I'm better now. But um Excellent. Yeah.
0: Excellent. So so much to the point that I'm now advocating, you know, bike lights, a helmet. And uh I'm now the person who, you know, oh, yeah. has turned the corner and is now telling everybody else what they should be doing. But uh the next page is <laughs> the up, next man. page is definitely True um up. like safety advice around riding in the street. And that one mysterious X between the cars is I've always heard this thing that's I think pretty interesting and and I feel like it it's, it's kind of right which is hold your line. So like if you're riding
2: don't dip in and yeah, out. Yeah, if you
0: dip in and out, cars don't know what to do with you,
2: you know? Mm-hmm. when they're
0: trying that. to get around you. Um it is tempting to dip in cuz it just feels safer, you know? But um
2: yeah, but then you got to come back out. You got to come
0: back out, right? Okay. Right. And that that action I think is feels dicey. It's also if someone is opening their car door and you're behind them, they won't see you, but you're going to pop out on them. Where if you hold your line, they might see you in their side view mirror. Um, but you shouldn't be in that zone anyway. But yeah. And then I was also trying to show like, don't ride on the sidewalk, right? Like uh, because cars coming out of alleyways, particularly in Chicago will, will plow right into you, but also in Los Angeles.
2: Yeah. Uh, did you ever, did you ever hear about this dude? I, I heard this interview with this guy who, made his bike safer by attaching a pool noodle to it. Are you familiar with this? Oh my gosh. Really? Yeah, so the his idea was just that you take a pool noodle and you hook it on um behind your seat and then you have it hanging out to the left out into traffic, and he oh. claimed that just instinctually nobody wants to touch the noodle with their car. And so, <laughs> and so they would give him and give him more space.
0: That is great. <laughs> that
1: makes sense. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yep. The next page is, is merit badges. Um, so these are kind of meant to be, like, cool things you could do on a bike. Um, and they're meant to be sort of evocative, like one of them is a joint and one of them is a spray paint can um, or getting busy or watching a movie or listening to music on a boombox or going swimming or something. So they're kind of meant to be, like, adventures you could have on a bike. Um, mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, not 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 actually on top of the
1: bike. <laughs> no, no, I, you, could try. Oh, hey, you could try. yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Extra points for that. Yep,
0: yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. If you yeah. can burn money on your bike, then <laughs> yeah. then go for it.
1: You get two badges.
0: So I'm obsessed with this service called the Noun Project. I don't know if you guys know uh-huh. know of it at all. No. Um, it's essentially stock iconography instead of stock photography. Um. And many of them are just by attribution. So you can reuse them as long as you attribute who the person is. And so I wanted to just see like the, the thing that's great about Noun Project and that's great about stock iconography is the curiosity of like being like, I wonder if there's a joint in here, you know, like, 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 <laughs> like or like, it's just really fun to get the results back for icons more than it is for photos, sure. you know? Um, or like, because it's also something someone really crafted, uh, from scratch and not to say that photography isn't, doesn't have a craft, but like, like if you search joint, you're like, how would you draw a joint? You know, like, like, or you could search words that might be easy, easily photographs, but not so easy to create as an icon, like wilderness, right? Like wilderness photography is a, is a pretty, you kind of know what you're going to get, but wilderness as a as an icon you're just like i don't know what's going to come back so it's really fun to um do that and and if you it costs a little bit of money which is a little bit sad but um i think they people who contribute to the noun project actually do get a little bit of money so it's good but um it's really fun so if you if you search certain things like i think i searched burning money and i was just so happy that burning money had a result (laughs) (laughs) Uh, that I used it because I thought that would be fun. So, And that's what the credits are for the icons um, mm-hmm. in there. So, yeah, so that's my project. And I, I, in the middle of making this, I didn't realize like the last, I think, five or six times I've seen you, Arturo, is that you're either biking on your way to work or home from work. So I was very curious <laughs> about your, th- I don't know, just like what you thought about the project and and you both live in urban environments. And I, I don't know, I was just kind of curious what you guys was thought about it
4: i really
1: I really like the idea of of locking my bike up and then coming back and finding this on my bike,
4: yeah like yeah yeah, a, cool.
1: what an amazing gift because i I think sometimes sometimes bicycling is a solitary action mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and there is that that bicyclist etiquette of like kind of. Lifting your hand a little bit, or ringing your bell, or nodding yep. your head at, at another bicyclist as they're passing by. There's like a solidarity in the, yep, and with other bicyclists. And this is just like, this is like way more than a nod. This is just like almost like saying, "I care about you." This is, you know, we're we're uh, we're both doing this. We're we're both uh, we're both in this, right? Yep. So I really yep. like this, especially the type of those stock icons that are like badges. I was. Right before you had said badges, I was thinking they're almost like you could print them as stickers or something. Oh, and, yeah, yeah. And put right. put them on yep. your bike.
0: Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That would be so cool. I got the yeah. joint smoking sticker <laughs> <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. Or I took my bike on the train, so I got the train one. Or make like
2: a sash. A yeah. sash, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think the, the thing that I'm responding to, and I'd be curious to see where this ever to be, expanded is so rob i get the impression that you did not like none of this stuff was illustrated by you right you're just you're accumulating and kind of framing it maybe with the exception of the skyline yeah the
0: skyline i did and like the sidewalk and like that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. and the arrows that are in the street and like just various things but none of the none of the hard work was done some you know it is interesting though like the bike frame in the sky that's actually it didn't have handlebars or a bike seat and so i kind of you're like oh i can't. stocks only gets you so far right so you have to kind of tweak it but yeah the 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 bulk (laughs) of the hard work was definitely not done by me
2: well i i mean that's not the exact angle i was taking but it it reminds me of i mean this dude way back in the day i'll post him up in the show notes but did this project instructo art and so there would be these um you know how there was a fad for a little bit in graphic design with making something look like the um seat back card from an airplane yes. you know, the safety yep. instructions <laughs> and so this was one of the videos i remember really well i think this guy did a bunch of what are they called bumpers for uh for mtv yeah where um uh one of them was called the death of bling bling and so, and so they were like two young black youths who are saying bling bling to each other and then one of them is talking to another guy and then it gets picked up by the nba and then there's like a white guy in the audience and he starts saying it and at the very end there's like two white grandmas telling each other bling bling and then, <laughs> then it says you know bling bling r.i.p and gives the you know dates <laughs> that it lived um but i i feel like um one thing i crave is to see because at the moment like part of the commentary i think you're making has to do with the fact that you're not really authoring it you're you're synergizing it as you said before <laughs> or whatever uh-huh. and to and to like it, it makes me wonder about if there's ways to um underscore that distance even more you know what i'm saying like it, like i still couldn't totally tell if this was all assembled out of um clip art or not right right and so you know c- could that moon be shot even harder it gets it gets me thinking Uh-huh, yep yep Mm-hmm.
0: Hopefully, I did put a link to the podcast, this episode, in there because I was like, oh, hopefully, maybe if I definitely want to do it, and so I was like, well, someone will get if they're just like, what is this? Maybe they'll get some context, you know, from listening to this. So we'll see what happens.
1: <laughs>
2: but the stickers idea is great too. Is. Like, could you could you go around with a sheet of stickers as a sort of like informal biking agency and grant other people <laughs> status with, <laughs> with your stickers? Would be Kind of great, and then it you know, and then the abstraction could really come through. Like, you don't necessarily grant the joint smoking one to somebody who's actively smoking a joint, but maybe, yeah, I don't know, it's the way their bike looks or uh-huh. something. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, right on, man. Cool. Thanks, all. That was great. Yeah, thanks. For sure, Arturo, you are next.
2: Okay. Yeah, let's see what you get.
1: So uh, I have a video and two stills.
2: Ooh. Yep. Okay. You a little stack of paper cards. Yep. They look like maybe business card sized or at least that proportion. Yep. And uh one of them um on the top says how are you, but even when they're fanned out, the text is small enough and centered enough that we can't make out text on the other cards. Yep. Well, but it looks I... like
0: what there's maybe 50 cards there,
2: something like that. 40, uh-huh, 30. Uh-huh. I'm going with forty eight. All right. Is this is like the prices right Yes. Uh, $1. <laughs> Have you guys ever read the um the SCP Foundation? Are you familiar with this? No. No. This is kind of, this is kinda of going off on a limb here, but uh SCP stands for uh what is it uh secure, contain protect, but it's I've been totally getting into it. It's this uh this wiki where people um and let me get this video downloading while you guys are well, you guys while I'm talking. <laughs> oh, was there a video? But,
0: uh, oh, there it is. Yeah, cool.
2: Yeah, Long yeah. Time. Yeah, let's go ahead and download yep. it while we're uh down it comes. Uh talking, but but the um so, so it's this this wiki where people write these short science fiction stories, but it's in a shared um uh, format where you t- it's it's as if a government agency is currently um containing this particular alien force or object or creature or whatever. And so it's it's framed like it's a a secret document that you're not supposed to be reading with redacted parts and so forth. But but a lot of them lean into pop culture. So, for example, you take, like, Pat Sajak, who appears to have been the same age for 50 (laughs) years, and then you can, like build an SCP story around, you know, he and Vanna White are, like, sucking the life force out set of children or whatever. But, uh, wow, um, that sounds great. A, a little bit off topic, but <laughs> let me tell you, if you, if you, I'm putting, I'm putting it up, but if you look at the SCP Foundation, I mean, you can just read it all night if you've got that, uh, kind of, um, science fiction. Oh, uh, yeah, that's cool. Mind. Okay, awesome. so Rob, do you want to do, um, should we start this thing at the same time? Yeah,
0: we'll start at the same time, and if you want, um, Ted, do you want to take the first, minute and a half, and I'll take the last minute.
2: Yeah, for sure. <laughs>
0: Just for fun. I don't know. Let's see, see if we can pull it up. I'm ready.
3: And
2: okay, go. go. Cool. So Reading and Breaking Western Bones is the title. Uh, so we're starting out with four groupings of cards, but now they're being laid out, sort of shuffled through, oh. and one's been separated, and I believe it says I want... Oh, I see, yeah, it's um, uh, being made clear for us. And then now we have um, adjectives to shuffle through, so I want pure. And now we're looking through a shuffled group of, um, I believe it's nouns, and arriving at food. I want pure food is the sentence that's been constructed. So that's constructed, and then someone I assume is Arturo kind of lets it lay for a second, and now the cards Uh, are flipped over. Yep. And what are they revealing? It appears to be two batches of text separated by a horizontal line, and now they're coming up to the camera so we can make them out. So I want... At the top, it says, "I will commit violence if necessary to achieve my goal." And at the bottom, my body and mind are at rest, and I'm aware of my life. Wow. Um, so there appears to be like the happy answer, the good answer, and the evil answer, for example. A pure, on the other hand, here, Rob, you take it.
0: Yeah, it flipped over. This is far removed from the earth and from systems of reproduction and other biological processes. And at the bottom, it says, "If you don't know that mountains walk, you don't know your own walking." Wow. Okay, food. The The food card has just been brought up to the camera eye. <clears throat> Building blocks of fuel to the human machine. At the bottom it says, replace word with whatever action is currently happening. Should be speaking in my case.
2: So it seems to me like we might be looking at sort of, in the most general terms, a Western and non-Western perspective on the same concept. Oh, So for example, I want pure food could be interpreted in what presumably is the sort of Western industrialized way. I will commit violence if necessary to obtain building blocks for my machine body that are far removed from the earth and systems of reproduction and biological processes. Whereas on the other side, we have my mind and body are at rest knowing that mountains walk, I flip, read, and break bones. That one I was having a little bit of trouble keeping up just visually with the video so I'm I'm not totally positive that all of this was constructed from those specific cards and Arturo can can tell us when he starts talking but the general sense that I'm giving is you have these sort of two paths yeah. and one is like the industrialized presumably negative um interpretation and the other is more maybe holistic and uh, spiritual or positive
0: oh yeah yeah, so I, 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 mean, I feel pretty on board with Taylor's de- understanding and description of it. So I'm, I'm curious, Arturo, what, uh, how we did, and, and, and other things you'd like to
1: add. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, you, you guys did great. Um, when I got the the challenge, I was, I've been thinking a lot about forms lately and how form influences meaning, how mm. form and meaning are are related. And so when I got this, I That got the challenge, keys of understanding. I was trying to, I was trying to think about what form language takes, Mm -hmm. and so yeah, I was going through that same process. The first week, I was like, okay, I was just in the brainstorm mode. (laughs) Yeah, and uh, and so I was thinking a ribbon or a braid. I was just trying to find forms that, that would flip and intertwine and be complex with each other yeah uh-huh. but but I al- but I also um I also thought well, a deck of cards can do a lot of things that are like that even though they're somewhat binary they just have like mm-hmm. there's just a front and just a back. Yeah. But in combination like a, like a tarot deck or something, can be very complex because of the way that you place the cards, like the position becomes important and resonant and uh, and the position of the of the card um, upside down or right side up becomes important, uh, the right. position close to each other. So I thought with a deck of cards, there's a little bit i mean the language becomes or the the, the tool becomes very complex very quickly. And very powerful, very quickly. So I decided to make a deck of cards that would that would take that would translate a language, and uh, and I was thinking about translation tra- and translation being a basically being about moving bones. I think that's where the word translation comes from. Oh, really? Yeah, I think it's translatus. Lattice is, yeah. So I think originally it was about translation was about moving the, the relics of, of sacred people. Mm. And um, and uh, Zen Dogen, Dogen, who's a uh, a um, Zen Zen master from the twelve hundreds, Japanese Zen master, talks a lot about inheriting the bones of ancestors and uh, understand and. Um, inheriting or tra- being transmitted the marrow, bones, and skin of the ancestors. So I thought that was an interesting connection um, there. But so that's why the the video is called Breaking Bones. Um, yep. Cool. And I'm going to upload one more thing, which is it's a PDF. That's a PDF of the uh, of the full word bank. Oh, awesome. Bonus and and then from there I maybe I can describe the the method. Yeah. Great.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, cool.
1: So there's I think there's 68. Oh. Yeah. 68, and they're separated into into verbs, nouns, adjectives, and also phrases, common commonly used phrases. Um, and then there 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 are two. You described it well. There are on the front of the card. There's one word or one phrase, and on the That's, that's in typical usage that we, that we all use. And on the back, there's a, there's two, two voices, two interpretations. And, um, on the, on this PDF, one is called Western Destroyer. So that's the bone breaker. Um, and that person is somebody involved in a decolonizing process who speaks in a voice that breaks Western thought in order to reclaim their own life from the, oppression of that Western thought. Mm
4: -hmm.
1: The other voice um, is the Western interpreter, and that's somebody who's very similar, somebody who might have gone to school and learned the language and become a master of that language, and who is now able to hear words like criminal or law, order or illegal or savage in completely different ways because they're aware of the history of that word. And, um, yeah, so I see, I see one voice as trying to contradict or break, break the spell of the word, and the other one is, is simply an interpreter. And so you get two interpretations. And, and in a way, you get an interpretation and on the back of the card, but you also get a, uh, an alternative, an alternative mm-hmm. way of looking at the world.
2: Yeah, li- listeners, there is a lot of material here. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Really I mean, great. just such a density of ideas. It's really hard to uh, um, do it justice in this format. Do you, Do you feel like Arturo that
0: um, I have so many questions? Yeah, like, as to Taylor's point, <laughs> like there's a lot there. Um, when you would flip over a card and we could sort of read the two on the back, I found myself trying to deduce which which one I wanted to pick, you know, like, Mm. like when presented with two choices, you kind of are like, okay, well, is it heads or tails I'm going to pick? And so I don't, I don't remember offhand, like if I picked like all across the top or all across the bottom or a blend of the two, but I feel like it was a blend of the two. And I was just Mm. curious if you, like if you had sort of maybe in, uh, um, uh, goal like was that like um do you find yourself picking across the two at gut or do you feel like you're creating one as a kind of just as a pure counterpoint to the other but you have a strong allegiance or sort of uh like personal code attached to one way or the other i don't know i was just kind of curious like how how you feel like it functions for yourself and then like now that you've heard us walk through it did it, did it map to how you thought we would understand it or, or use it?
1: Yeah, I, I, yeah it, it, did map, it did map that way, especially what Taylor said about holistic thought. Yeah. Um, and really, it's like non-dualistic thought, like a lot of Western thought and, and thought from other cultures. But um, Western thought is the thought that I'm most familiar with. Uh-huh. A lot of Western thought is highly based on desire, preference, and dualistic thinking. So like uh stuff like we, we say the word that we like, we like things a lot, or we hate things a lot, or we don't like things, or things are good or, or bad, right? And so the if I haven't I don't really have an allegiance to one or the other, I, I find it more interesting to I mean there are three choices in the cards. Like you could say mm-hmm. I, I want pure food, um, or you could say the other Either of the other two, but um, but really, it, it's more helpful to me to to hold them all in my head at the same time, right? Um, because that gives me a a better understanding of where I'm at. I, I think I think the 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 text that is the interpretation of of these words is reminds me of a type of voice that I'm familiar with, just having grown up. Um, Grown up Chicano, grown up multi-generation uh, Mexicano in Los Angeles, and then having been among the first of my family to go to college. And this mm-hmm. is like a familiar, mm-hmm. this is like a really familiar experience that most people who are first generation college students get. They, they sense that they're, they've gained all this knowledge and they've been encouraged to take this journey yeah, and they also feel like once they've crossed that bridge, that there's kind of like not a very easy way to get back. Uh-huh. Uh huh. You because you've become alienated from people who who didn't follow you through to college. Yeah, and so that's uh-huh. kind of the background on the interpreter. That's somebody who has gained a lot of knowledge and can now see things that they couldn't see before. Um, and then the. The more holistic view, which is, I, I feel, it's more—it's not settled. It's more of a dynamic view. Um, is uh, that's that's just the attempt for the for the rigid, rigid interpreter to break free of it. You know, I think mm. you you mm-hmm. learn you learn the codes of society, and then you try to break free of them uh, in a creative way. And uh, but sometimes for some of us, we had to go through and learn it. Learn that language really well. And uh, there's always a bit of like, to learn it really well, you really got to jump into it.
4: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's
0: experiential learning in a way, right? Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. You got it.
2: Yeah. Man, I, I really want to see these with uh, attached images, like in a, uh, a tarot. So. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh. <laughs> they're,
0: they're really rich. You know? <laughs> yeah. The word thing is really, really interesting in the Excel sheet or the PDF. Uh, we can we can post a PDF Arthur, if you're cool with that. Um, yeah, no, that's fine. it's cool to see the list of the list of words is really compelling just in general. Like violence, passed away. I'm just reading a few neighborhood, house, sanctuary, religion. I was curious how you got to those words.
1: They they just they just came to me. I was just kind of yeah like riffing on certain ones. I started with. With words that I knew I wanted to um, I started with words that I had noticed in in myself i mean
4: mm-hmm.
1: that were gestures or habits in myself that I felt are inherited from just the legacy of of uh of colonialism and uh-huh. uh I started with those the ones that jumped out at me most and those were like uh-huh. very very strong kind of verbs uh, that are I-based, right? Like, this is what I want. I'm going to center myself in the world. I like this. I don't like this. I don't want this. This is what I desire. And then after that, then I was starting to think about legalistic terms, you know, or, or terms that seem benign but maybe aren't. And, of course, like anything, I mean, uh-huh. right now with a highly authoritarian, like overtly authoritarian, um National political atmosphere, like law and order are back on the, are back on on the, on everyone's, you know, back on everyone, in everyone's mouth, right? Everyone's talking about law and order. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of talk about, you know, undocumented people and the the use of the word illegal and, um, and criminals. And then that, that, to me, that just harkens right back to the, to ideas of, of savagery and the frontier. Um, and so, and then some of them were, were a little more, you know, some of them led me to things like uh, spiritual and evolved, because, um, well, the example in the video was, I want pure food, and that really came from this guy, like, I, I don't really want to remember his name, but um, he, he, he quote unquote invented, I'm using, I'm using the word invented really loosely, but um, uh-huh. <laughs> uh he, he developed a product that was like a a complete meal that you can mix with water and he called it I guess ironically oh. soylent oh yeah yeah so yeah. sure yeah and uh, i saw like a mini documentary on him and i felt okay like this is the guy who's talking like that this is this is him this is the guy who says when when this guy is saying i want pure food he wants food that is separated from any type of biological process mm-hmm. you know he, he wants it stripped away and that's what he means by pure. Um, and in the same way, some people say that they're they're spiritual, and what they really mean is that they won't, under any circumstances, uh, challenge or explore or illuminate any type of historical or cultural re- realities or current injustices. And mm-hmm. they're not going to name the mechanisms of exploitation. They're just going to be all, be all peaceful. <laughs>
4: right. 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 Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So it just, I guess it was just like a series of riffs, you know, just kind of seeing yep. what one word would lead to another. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's cool. It's a great list. Yeah. It's really cool.
1: <laughs> Excellent work. Yes. Yeah,
0: that's great. Yeah. All right, Taylor.
1: Looks like some type of. Electronics. Yep. It looks, yeah, like a, yeah, it looks like a transistor,
3: maybe.
1: Yeah, kind of looks like a. It looks really small, but it's yep. large on the screen, and it yep. looks like a little bit like a like a cat's paw with three, like a black cat's paw with yep. three nails. It <laughs> totally does. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm never gonna see those any differently
4: <laughs> from here on out. Yeah, you cat fanatics.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but I don't know what it is I don't know what it does this looks
0: like there's a PDF here that looks like a description of oh, of what it is yeah. I think right uh it says it's uh by Fairchild Semiconductor and it looks like it describes itself as a 60 volt logic in channel mosfet i uh-huh. I'm looking through here to see if Taylor has done any sort of wicked
2: oh no no, no. that's just that's a, just a data modification sheet.
0: to it okay cool <laughs> I, was like, I was like i was like let's see if the word fuck comes up <laughs> read the whole <laughs> yeah, thing yeah, dude yeah. It, it oh includes. it's in there somewhere it's in there <laughs> uh, okay uh arturo feel free to dive in and, and i will as well i'm on number three
1: okay number three. Oh, this looks like uh yeah a schematic yeah and there's uh, a Ar- Arduino, yep, which I know somewhat about. Some of the students know how to use those. Uh, LED lights arranged on a—is that still called a breadboard?
4: It is, uh-huh.
1: Uh-huh. uh huh, uh huh. And then those—what are those called? Yeah, it's been a while since it, it's a—it's a—it looks like a diagram of of a of an electronic setup.
0: Yep, yep, yeah. with like four LEDs. Yeah. And they look sort of uh, chained together, or kind of laddered together. And there's and this um, OSFET is in between the Arduino uh, and the LEDs. <clears throat> uh, Open up image number four.
1: Oh, oh, <laughs> yeah. It's a it's a two point perspective drawing. Yes,
4: right, right, right.
1: With with what I see as, like, to me, there's, like, three main kind of cubes, cube, yep. cube-like shapes. Yep. Went, went arranged kind of like in a triangle with the point of the triangle down towards us. Um, but then trying to describe everything else that's going on is gets really hard in words.
4: Yeah, there's
0: like a, yeah, they're all sort of connected together. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
2: I think that Rob, Rob, you were on the right track with just, um, a slight, um, uh, short, uh, wait, what am I looking for a derivation uh-huh. away from what I was doing, but, uh, yeah. So the MOSFET, this is actually going back to an earlier episode when we yeah. had Dan Bustillo yep. on and we had this discussion about, um, the tip One Twenty, <laughs> and how this was a sort of antiquated, um, piece of circuitry that wasn't very good at doing its job which is to use a a lower voltage to switch a higher voltage right so so a frequent thing in electronics for those that aren't familiar is you'll want to take like imagine you have power coming out of the wall you don't want to necessarily use that high voltage and high current to make decisions you want to use a, a very low current and low voltage to make decisions which will then influence whether or not high voltage is passed on to something that you want to drive. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So the MOSFET is in the same package. It has that same tip 120 package, uh, but it's able just to handle switching much higher voltages and currents. And it's pretty inexpensive. So, so I've drawn this circuit for myself over and over again. And then every time I buy some of these, I draw, you know, I have to research it yep. and I draw the circuit and then it gets lost in the studio. Yep. So I was thinking about, uh, to Rob's point, how do you take a circuit that's really useful that you want to keep around and, and render it in a really aestheticized way that lends itself to, you know, just sort of hanging up in your studio. Um, so this is not so much the explosion of the interior of I the see. MOSFET, yep. Yep. but it's um, it's the basic circuit uh, and it's an abstracted circuit, right? Because the load, you know, would have five volts coming in, or twelve volts, or whatever, and a light bulb, and maybe a resistor and some other um, components. So I'm I'm trying to strip down uh, to only give as much information as you absolutely need, just as a reminder of how how the general pinout of the MOSFET works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, and and so then I was trying to kind of balance. Like, I have that fritzing diagram on there that I didn't make, but it was an example of a perfectly informative circuit diagram that's just really boring to look at. Mm -hmm. Um, But then you had the PDF where, unless you're an electrical engineer, those are also really intimidating to look at. So this is trying to kind of meet them in the middle, plus, um, you know, just spending some time making it look interesting and I, I really spent a lot of time trying to not have it be too computer mm-hmm. either. So yeah. I, I laid the whole thing out with, um, it's actually a three-point perspective, but with, you know.
1: You're right. Yeah.
2: Imagine that. I actually took a ruler and a pencil and sat down. <laughs> uh, <laughs> tried to do do something that way. And then it was just colorized uh, colorized on the computer.
1: So there you have yeah, it. That's cool. Wow. That's great.
2: Yeah. I mean, many
0: things. So many things in the electronics world, at least in my experience of it, there are all these things that you that are supposed to seem clear. Like there's a notch on one side. (laughs) And if there's a notch on one side, that means this, or, or, or one of the legs is shorter. Right. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so that short leg means this, or like this, this one is the flats. Like if there's one with a flat side, it means this. And it's like, uh, like it, it almost makes me feel more dumb because <laughs> because it's like all of this coding that is supposed to make things easier, but it if you can't remember the coding, then you can't encoding like like if you can't remember the physical properties of the thing, then you're still just as screwed as you were to begin with. Plus, you're doubting yourself, like, right. well, is the does the right. flat side mean ground or does the flat side mean positive? You know. And it's just like, or like, if you look at power adapters, right, there's, there's a, a white stripe that runs on one of the wires. And it's like, okay, I know about the white stripe. But is that the positive oh, man, that or the negative? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, it just that's is constantly that. taunting you with like, you're close, but not close enough, dummy. <laughs> so, yeah, this is really cool. <laughs> it's really cool to, yeah, have a, have a reference that feels very solid, you know, and uh, mm-hmm. very understandable. Cool. Yeah, that's cool.
2: Now everybody get that tattoo. Yes.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> all right, that's all I got. That is cool.
0: Excellent work, okay. guys. That's cool. Good job, everybody. Yeah, that's awesome.
2: Well, uh, Arturo, the the time has come for the the best part of the show. Are you ready to lay lay down the challenge?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, I it's kind of simple. The, the challenge is to make a flag.
2: Oh, Oh, nice. nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh my God! Somebody get Philip Van's work on the line. <laughs> yeah, we we we.
0: I don't. You may know this work, Arturo, but um, a, f- a friend of Taylor and I have um, has had this project. Is it called Flagpole,
2: Taylor? I'm not sure what the, not title sure is, the title is, but you know. yeah, I don't, th- I don't think it was too evocative. Yeah, it's um,
0: it's a flagpole, and he asks artists to make flags for it.
2: Oh, really?
1: Which is a
0: re- yeah, it's a really interesting pr- project. In that, like, and sh- shoot, Taylor, now you and I have to make a flag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Awesome! Yeah, cool. Okay. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds great. Right. Yeah, that's cool. Right. <laughs> oh man!
2: <laughs> I I also love about this because it was like this with a. Uh, Whiteness too, where um, you know, to the extent that I mean, I knew hung a lot better than I knew Arturo, uh-huh. but to the extent that I think I understand what Arturo's perspective is, I like kind of being in dialogue with that, uh-huh. and then also finding out that maybe I'm not right. Like, like when Arturo, when you started talking about making your project to acknowledge your Western perspective, uh-huh. I realized, oh, kind of the stereotype in my head was that the author was representing themselves as not part of the negative you know western uh-huh. culture but you said no it's because i want to be aware of it and this other thing yeah. that are sort of competing for internal attention so i'm going right. to enjoy having my notion of you on my shoulder totally. while i'm working oh, on yeah the project. All right.
1: <laughs> i really like that
0: as well yeah i i really thought that was super interesting also about your project Couture, that it was like i could feel your i could i could get a sense of some of the thoughts that were in your head about like, what is my relationship to this work I'm making and how it's not, um, it's not really one or the other that it's just a kind of amalgamation of lots of things. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if you actually thought that, but that's, that's how it felt to me. That was really cool. Yeah. And now we have to make a flag. which (laughs) is like, uh, scary. (laughs) I love it. I love this. Yeah. It's a good one. Yeah. Really good. Yeah. Archer, do you have any any links or any things that you wanted to share, or, or any like tools that you use, or anything like that that you're into, into um, sharing with the people that are listening?
1: Yeah, I have a, I have actually a citation list. So a lot of the, I mm-hmm. mean, I I wrote those, but they're not. I don't know how many of any of our thoughts are our thoughts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. Um. So, so. Uh, People should definitely listen to John Trudell. John Trudell, Native American um, philosopher and uh, great poet and musician and and uh, and spokesperson. Yeah. Cool. Um, Joy Harjo, who has a who has a book that I really enjoy called um, "Conflict Resolution for Holy Beings."
4: Mm, wow.
1: And um, some of the language one or two lines of of the of the deck of cards came from uh harjo's poems um i've been thinking about feldspar as a as a mineral uh-huh. feldspar usually used to make um knives and uh there's a lot of uh especially around Lompoc area there's uh there's a lot of um there's a few feldspar naturally occurring feldspar deposits that were that, that were used uh, as centers of knife making.
2: Wow, that's and cool. And then that's a really cool looking
1: mineral. Yeah, it's it's beautiful. And in in Lompoc area, Halama, that's uh, that's actually uh, it's like a it's a red it's a red uh, feldspar, which is really beautiful.
4: Wow, that's cool.
1: Um, and then I mentioned I mentioned Dogen. Uh, mm-hmm. and uh, there's there's a while back i don 't know what year it was Gary Snyder the the beat poet uh read some translations it 's like a four c d set of his uh his readings of this uh of this collection called Moon in a dewdrop and uh it 's kind of a weird reading it, <laughs> i don't know i don't know what his intentions were, but sometimes it's easier to listen to Dogen than it is to read him. Mm (laughs) Um, just let it kind of hit you because it's, Uh it's highly complex. Um, and can I post a link on this? Yeah, yeah, totally. I'll post a link to one of the, to one of the audios because now they're available online, but they're, they're actually really hard to find online. It took me forever to find these. And, um, yeah. And, uh, and then just as a reading list, just as something, I think that, everybody should should look into would be uh frary's idea Freire paulo Freire's idea of um of education as liberation as a practice of liberation um and also you know even if you don't have children and you're you're um you're still investing in in public education and um and that we're seeing a privatizing of of public education. And uh and though, you know, I I know I know whatever I know the historical legacy I'm stepping into every time I step into a public classroom. Yeah. But um but at the same time the alternative is uh is a little more of the same colonial mindset that I'm trying to explore in the in those cards. The privatization of of uh, education is like super complex and it has many faces and and it's uh, charter schooling is very complicated but um but as a as a trend it's it's also troubling so i you know just that people when we say education people people i think owe it to all of us to kind of know what they mean when they use the word education and Frere is a really good good enlightening spot to start like at least getting a point of view of uh, education that is not you know, um, strictly util- utilitarian or uh, not just an instrument to get money or a job. Mm-hmm. So right. he's, a, he's a good place to start.
0: Awesome. That's
2: yeah. a killer list. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> Thanks.
0: Yeah, dude, that was dense. Yeah. Very yeah. good.
1: Yeah.
0: Taylor, I have one thing. Do you have anything?
2: Oh, I think I already weirdly... Um, uh of shoehorn mine in about the s c p foundation, oh, yeah. so I would definitely yeah. recommend nice. that and um and also, yeah, just uh man, being in my studio and getting i didn't have a ruler that was long enough, so I just had a long piece of wood <laughs> that uh <I clears throat> like a scrap of wood that I'd cut on a table saw, and man, it was so uh brain freeing to sit down and do a perspective drawing i don't know i I might have to (laughs) do some more of that og that's cool yeah um studio arts practice so yeah i mean it was great this piece of paper and uh, a piece of wood and that was (laughs) that was my my project i'll admit
0: that in my piece uh i was working in adobe illustrator which is the antithesis of sitting down at your desk but i accidentally (laughs) turned on the perspective grid instead of the actual grid <laughs> and I was like, "Wait,
2: what I just do?" <laughs> so, I I tried to use that, and I I could not get it to go as easily oh, as just doing it by hand. Yeah. yeah,
3: yeah,
0: I have only one thing, which is um, I don't even know how it happened, but I started listening to. There's a uh, uh, a band called Dying Fetus, and they're a, a a quote unquote brutal death metal band, which is a sort of a certain category of death metal. Um, and they have a new record out called "Wrong One to F With." And, um, it's really harsh in this re- really weird way that I'm, I'm liking, uh, and there's a <laughs> one track off of it, uh, called ideological subjugation, which is maps to many of their <laughs> titles are these kind of very, um, philosophical almost kind of, uh, titles but uh
2: yeah it's with woke death metal it is, it is. <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah it's
0: it, it's quite good and um i don't know what it is i like about it it's like a thing i i i can't articulate but i i like it a lot so if you're into listening to new things dying fetuses new album wrong one to f with is is my pick um all right you can uh find photos of our finished projects uh on our project site called projects.opposablepodcast.com we'll post um all of our stuff up there and you can check out Arturo's cool videos <clears throat> and photos. Uh, we'll also have links in the show notes of all the stuff we've been talking about. And there's a lot of really good links that Arturo sent us. Uh, so definitely check those out. Um, and you can listen to all of our episodes directly at opposablepodcast.com or subscribe with uh, your podcast listening application of choice, your web browser, iTunes, Overcast, Stitcher, etc. Um, we would like to send you an opposable thumb sticker. If you would like one, just share podcast episode on social media or rate us on itunes or do whatever it you you can think of uh to share opposable thumbs with someone else and we'll send you a sticker in the mail so just send us your mailing list uh your email address excuse me and uh and uh, we'll send you a sticker uh our logo is created by a really cool artist from the uk called wolf mask you can check out his work at wolfmaskart.co.uk and if you're in need of an illustrator uh and not someone who can just synthesize uh noun project (laughs) icons for you uh wolf mask would be a really great person to get in touch with um we'd like to give nick a shout out as he's our top patreon supporter thank you nick if you'd like to join nick in the league of patreon supporter badasses please go to patreon.com opposable thumbs to sponsor us we have three sponsorship tiers there you can check out and uh, anything you can donate really helps Uh, our podcast is dedicated to providing a harassment-free experience for everyone, regardless of race, gender, age, sexual orientation, disability, physical appearance, body size, knowledge of subject matter or religion or lack thereof. We actively support an inclusive environment and we want you to be a part of that. You can check out our full code of conduct over at our site. Um, Thanks for listening to opposable thumbs. We're really psyched to have you on board. Um, We're really psyched that we've made it to 12 episodes uh, we're going to keep them coming, and uh, please keep your comments and suggestions coming along as well. Also, if you decide to take a challenge uh, on with us, like if if Flags is speaking to you right now, make a flag and send us a photo or a video of what you made. Um, also, we're going to start posting on our Patreon blog um, just other things that uh, artists who we've spoken with and other cool links and stuff on there. So we're going to sort of activate that blog in a more compelling way. And um, so different things that Arturo is up to. Uh, Arturo, feel to to send us all that stuff and we'll uh, post it for you down the road. Awesome. And uh, thanks for being our guest. Uh, do you have anything that you, any links or activities or anything else you want to share with people here at the close uh, so they can check out?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think um, the best, first and foremost, you should look at my old website that was taken, o- taken over by a, uh, looks like a Japanese company that sells skin lightening cream.
4: Woohoo. Yeah.
1: So, uh, what's the URL? That's uh, www. That's dot com, and uh, definitely, definitely see that one. That's that was like the opposite of any intention I ever had of having that website. But I let it expire, and then they they got it from me. Well, um, sure did Check yeah. It out. <laughs> and uh, my my new website is uh, www allcountless.com. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, take, uh, keep, keep an eye open for the East Los Angeles Air Dirigible Transport Line book. Um, wanted to give a shout out to my school and my students, uh, L.A. River High School. Wanted to give a shout out to public educators and unionized educators, uh, unionized tenants in Los Angeles. Keep doing the good work. And uh, to all people asserting the right for a dignified existence and relationship with this beautiful land.
4: Man, an
0: end of a podcast doesn't get any better with that than that statement right there. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> Thanks to you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, all yeah. Right, Thank you so you much, Richard. That was awesome.
1: Thanks. For sure. Most people that I know, I know through Jen, so I don't know if you find that to be true too, Rob. Yeah, probably the (laughs) same for Rob. Yeah, yeah, half of LA knows (laughs) the other half
3: through Jen.